Hello all, it's Helen here, the voice of Azu from Rusty Quill Gaming, and the host and director of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about The Programme. The Programme audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state, and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not the future that is terrifying, but our present. The programme is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about the programme at www.rustyquill.com or www.programaudioseries.com or search for The Programme Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and enjoy the episode. Hi everyone, Ben here. I'd just like to take a moment to thank some of our patrons. Dylan Baldanza, Maura Mananen, Ray Valentine, Di, Greg Mayer. Thank you all. We really appreciate your support. If you'd like to join them, go to www.patreon.com forward slash rustyquill and take a look at our rewards. Welcome to episode 64 of the Rusty Cool Gaming Podcast. I'm your host and GM, Alex Newell, and with me today I have... James Ross, Bryn Monroe, Nidia Nicholas, Ben Meredith. And who are you playing? Subversion McGuffingham, Hamid Salah Haroon Al-Tahan, Sasha Rackett, Tom Smith. Brief recap, so we escaped Paris. Oh God. We made it. <laughs> Leaving Wild on the way. You got, one episode. We got one episode where nothing bad happened. You got onto a ship, admittedly saw a lot of Paris explode, death by meritocrat most likely, and then you had a nice day of sleep. And, and rest then, and relaxation. Then Bertie decided that he, he really, really wanted to dictate to Harrison Campbell what the next novel would be, having searched his room, and, and, and it, all, it all kind of escalated. Long story short, Bertie's hanging over the side of the ship, greased... Uh, yeah, Zolf is uh, murderous. Zolf is murderous and has been convinced that he just gets to decide when Bertie comes back on deck at this point. And Sasha's having enough fun to forget that she's just been diagnosed with a degenerative magical disease. Isn't this podcast fun, everybody? <laughs> but more <laughs> importantly, the person who has real problems here, Hamid read a book he didn't like. Whoa. <laughs> it's an incredible book. Because <laughs> Hamid's going to be on Bertie's Picking side up. when it comes to Campbell Judgment Time. <laughs> Picking up where we left off, Zolf, what is your intention for how long to leave him hanging over the side of that ship? As long as it takes him to get back up. In that case, I'm going to ask everyone else, I mean, kind of unrelated, what they want to do with the rest of their day. Fume. Okay. Uh, eat a snack and stare over the ship side, just seeing the little scrabbly Bertie legs. Then slide down again. I am going scrabble, to give scrabble, you... Scrabble, scrabble, scrabble. Slide. Scrabble, scrabble, scrabble. Slide. Well, the, way, the fact that he never seems to come up with a new strategy. Yeah. <laughs> See, Look, we've, it's traditional now. <laughs> hit, hit points recover based on rest. Mm. This is so pleasant and calming for you that I'm giving you five temporary hit points. <laughs> An extra five on top An extra of five. They'll be gone by the end of the day. <laughs> just run around be like, someone punch me, it'll be great. Just, just feel warm inside. Well, I, I spent the whole morning reading this novel that, that frankly is barely fit to be my toilet paper. Um, oh, you don't know. I know. I know. <laughs> and your afternoon? Wondering where everyone is, <laughs> but not going on deck to no. find them. Oh, it's it's fine. it's uncomfortable up there. Yeah, and dangerous. I mean, I might go over the side. That's absolutely awful. As the sun sets, scrabble, 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 and the night starts. It's been there for a full day, and the night starts drawing in. Oh no. See, the benefit is your basic clothes were given to you by the crew when you first came on board and there was a warm coat in there and things. You finally, and it has taken you like eight, nine hours, you finally, one slow thing at a time, you realise that what you need to do is scrape your hands off from the grease, but you spend like 40 minutes because as you scrape it off from one, the grease goes onto the other and it's this big thing. You finally climb your way back up shivering your hands clawed onto the side of the vessel pull yourself over and i'm gonna allow you not to fall just plant your feet 
on the side of the ship. Sasha hands him a chicken drumstick. You have not taken cold damage, but you are now fatigued. How does that manifest itself? You take minus penalties on basically everything until you sleep and, in this case, warm up. Including intimidate? Yes, because (laughs) I am going to mess you up. Alright. So I'm just sitting on a barrel. Staring Zolf. at him. Yeah. Bertie doesn't notice. <laughs> uh, Bertie is very cold. He takes the drumstick because that's food. He does notice that. And he stomps inside. Mr. McGuffingham. That's subversion to you, Mr. No, Sam. it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. I think I know what title to address you by. It is Sir No, Bertram. it's Mr. It's definitely Sir Bertram. <laughs> Master McGuffingham. Look, it's you versus Debrett's on this chum. <laughs> Boom! Headshots! I don't even know what that means. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm going to have to dock your pain, Mr. McGuffingham. Oh, really, Mr. Smith? Yes. What possible justification could you have for doing that? Damages. Damages, Mr. Smith? Damages against a person. Really? Specifically, traumatic and emotional stress. <laughs> are these forthcoming injuries, Mr. Smith? <laughs> they are. Are they really? Yes. Oh, yes. Fashion looks up for a dump check. Now kiss. Goes <laughs> 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 back to chewing. Bertie draws his sword. Captain Earhart is currently not here. She's off on the different side of the deck, pointedly doing other things. Ah, okay. Sir, I have left my white gloves in my compartment, but if I had not, I would be slapping you across the face with one and challenging you to a duel. Definitely now, kiss. Not particularly sure I care. In that case, Bertie just slaps him with the back of his left hand across the face. Whoa! I'll take it. Right. What happens next? (laughs) Then we name the hour, we name the weapons, and we fight. Then I'd stab you here. This is simply how it works, Mr. Smith. Really? Yes, honour has been offered, honour fails to be satisfied. Mm, you have impugned my honour, therefore it is well within my right to simply fill it you now. The Bertie, you are more than capable of impugning your own honour, and you do Sir it on a daily Bertrand. basis. Captain Earhart wanders over nonchalantly, leans against things. If either of you look to her, she just gives a gesture of do, do carry on. She's just kind of... Idly do, passing the time. Does do she sort of lean next to yeah, yeah. Sasha? Yeah, her, her and Sasha, Sasha are just like kind of there. a bucket of chicken. Oh, and uh, hands uh, over yeah, and how she reach over absolutely. Yeah. Like a KFC bucket. Like in, You know what, in fact, she leans over and very quietly just whispers, so what did I miss? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> Sasha gives an update. Continue. It's come to my attention that you attempted to murder Arison Campbell. Oh, no murder, Mr. Smith. Simply inspire the creative spirit to an enthusiastic revision of the first draft of his next novel. Bertie, do you understand what the law is? And I don't want the answer beneath you. <laughs> you know what? Why don't you give me that, uh, that linguistics check? Just to, to just to remember how much you do know about law. What's uh, your modifier there? <laughs> five, and that is total 14. 14? You know sort of professional lawyer level now of law. Yeah. From just that arbitrary question, you could probably define it in terms of itself. Bertie does so. Well, if we begin with matters of tort, and <laughs> continues <laughs> very much in this vein. <laughs> I'll let him tire himself out. Doesn't happen. He just continues going exactly the same pace. Three minutes in, yeah. Earhart leans over to, to Sasha about going. Aerial what? and maritime law yeah. and how those might be combined in Sasha. airship law. So Sasha, I mean precedent. I don't I don't know what I, what what's precedent. Is she talking about the law or them? The law. Oh, right. So precedent is when uh, something's happened before, oh. and then uh, that means that a judge knows what to do when it happens Ooh, again. That's really interesting. Yeah, right. So Another like, couple minutes pass if you're just going to wait for him to burn oh, yeah, himself yeah. out. So in summary, I know quite a lot about the law. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? 
with with the roles and the scores that you got, you gave a really effective working definition of the law for basically any graduate student to go. Is a, Ooh, our is Sasha now trained in? The <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give Does you temporary count? plus five to all linguistic checks related to the law till the end of the day. Okay, well, that's cool. So, I'm really you... set up for a very specific. <laughs> An, an arm wrestle with a law undergraduate. That's, that's basically it. <laughs> so you understand that that's basically attempted murder. Um, it's only attempted murder if I had the intention of murdering him. This is simply endangerment of life. I, all right, well, that's still a crime, isn't a it? A matter of civil negligence, Mr. Smith. Also, doesn't that definition really rely on the witnesses? You know, if everyone says you attempted to murder him, including the victim, anyone who's there except for yourself, maybe a court of law might consider it to be attempted murder because they have nothing else to go on. Can I go for a linguistics check to trot out the appropriate legal argument? Truth yeah. spells. Truth spells, eh? Yeah. We live in a world where there is... You can, you can, you can compel spell. people to tell the truth. A truth spell cast on myself, Mr. Smith, for I have nothing to hide. Everyone give me a perception check. I'm still in the lounge. You too. Nine. Okay. Uh, 25. 18. Two. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love our dice. They just know. They know what I want. They do know. It was expensive getting automatic, <laughs> specific dice I can control from the laptop, but it was worth it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and then the, when you upgraded them to work from your mind, I'm, I, I'm so happy. Yep. So The equipment rattling around on your head is Funnily quite... enough, yep. the two who are currently engaged in... I only really want to call it sparring because it's just not coming out that way. <laughs> a little bit distracted. Everyone else, there Flirting. is. Yeah. Yes. I've, challenged him, I've challenged him to a duel. Bertie has challenged Zolf to a duel, and turning him down means that he like has the right to gun him. <laughs> that is. So, everyone else, there is some kind of disturbance coming from. You're obviously you're at the bow of the ship because that was where Campbell was. At the very very stern of the ship, there is some kind of disturbance. Earhart idly kind of looks up and then wanders over to whatever the disturbance is. You can hear it as well. There is there is yelling and, and beating feet on the roof above you. It sounds like something's going wrong. Sasha, you hear similar. Uh, just for the record, Zolf, uh, he is right, though. Continues to eat chicken and wanders to the bottom of the back of the ship. You see, I'm not entirely surprised that uh, Miss Raggett has a knowledge of the common law. Shame you walked she away. Understand that <laughs> insult. <laughs> right. Wait, wait, wait. For now, because he just gave me a temporary plus five. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do the ball. Done. Do the ball. Does she understand that insult? Ten plus three plus five. Eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. What? Just throws the chicken bone over her head, <laughs> aiming for. Birthday. A lot of arbitrary rolls today. It hits. <laughs> Slimy, you're already greasy, so you barely notice. <laughs> yeah, Bertie's very fixated on his uh, current task. H- Hamid comes to the bottom of the short stairway up onto deck and goes, Is everything okay up there? Someone pushes past you looking very concerned and rushes up onto the deck. There is definite things to the point where the other, the other two of you, stuff's going on on the deck. Whether you bother to pay attention doesn't matter, but there's increasing amount of yelling. All of this is in Nomish. Can anyone apart from Bertie understand this? No! Bertie, Bertie understands it, but doesn't understand that he understands it. Yeah, like, Bertie, yeah. you hear a lot of people yelling in English. The only problem is, I don't think you're listening. Uh, no, not really. I mean, like, you know, he's aware of the sounds that are being That's made. Fine. That's fine. If, if it was literally fire, fire, poor people on fire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He wouldn't notice. <laughs> it was Rich fire, 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 some sort of property on fire. Ah. And then he'd be like, oh, yeah, I should pay attention. So, carry on. You know what? I'm bored of this. I'm bored of you. When we get to Prague, you're fine. I have no longer have need of your services. Go and do your stupid poo dimension avoidance heroics somewhere else. You've done nothing but endanger this mission repeatedly with your arrogance, your pig-headedness, your absolutely insufferable entitlement. Be gone. Very well, Mr. Smith. And Bertie sheathes his sword. I have matters of my own to attend to in Prague. I wish your party the very best of good fortune. There is the sound of a gunshot from the rear of the vessel. Sasha, you have been approaching. Uh-huh. There is a huge crowd around the entranceway to below decks. You cannot see what they're all faffing over, but Earhart looks 
angry. And all of the other gnomes are, it looks like they're trying to beat someone up or something. Absolutely, you're not even going to get a check, it's fine. What you see is the majority of the crew who were on deck are all fighting to get to two gnomes. Two very well-dressed gnomes, identical, standing next to one another, looking at everyone fairly unconcerned. The captain is furious. Her gun is pointed at them, is smoking. Apparently nothing has happened. You just have an entire crew of people fighting to get at these people, and they're all yelling in nomish. You don't know what, but no one looks particularly happy. Funny enough, funny you should say that. Speak of poo dimensions and they will come. (laughs) Yeah, that's what you see. What can I see from the bottom of the stairs? Just a bunch of gnomish bodies. You see loads of gnomish legs and a pair of well-dressed gnomish legs on the far side of them. Two pairs. Two pairs. I do apologise. What, what was that? So Bang! What, what's going on? No, no one is paying you any attention. I'm going to go up on deck. Guess what? Guess what you see? <laughs> Bertie, Bertie, you got company. You too. Oh, then I must dress. <gasps> and Bertie goes to the cup where his armour was snatched and starts putting it on. The two gnomes catch sight of Sasha on the rigging and go, Sasha, racket. If you'd be so kind as to tell everyone we're not a problem, we can go ahead and proceed. I mean, guys, uh, these these people are really a problem, but only specifically for Bertie. So <laughs> the crew immediately stop trying to get hold of them and just stand as the captain kind of waves them off. Although the captain, very still, stern and stone-faced. Steps to them and they begin having a conversation in Nomish. You have no idea what it is. I'm gonna get down and walk over to Sasha. Guess what you see? Oh yeah. Nomish conversations. Oh, that good. Good. Hopefully you get sent to dimension. I, I you really Stop. hope that. Waste fired. I couldn't care less. Well. <laughs> yes. I mean, I don't know if I feel how I feel about that. Because obviously, really? that would mean that I'm the only person that sort of takes most of the big hits. Um. That's actually me. When I lost my leg, yeah, I stopped from rocks. Yeah, but now I can get back in the way. We'll hire more people. Uh, well, also Bertie has uh, put on his armor. Uh, is he aware of any of the gnomish happenings? Give me a perception check. Yes. Uh, Sixteen minus one is fifteen. Yes. yes. You are aware that your gnomish supervisors are on board and having a whispered, or not whispered, having a quiet conversation with the captain, who looks angry. Oh, it never rains, but it fiddlesticking pours, does it? <laughs> well, fudge these muggle fiddlestickers. Sir Bertrand, <laughs> we... I do hate their heads and sugar right down their necks. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Bertrand, if you would be so kind as to call your captain off, we would hate to have to remove her more forcefully. Earhart looks super annoyed at that. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, captain, it might be best if you simply uh, allow these gentlemen to board. She turns to you and is puce. Why are there people on my vessel that know you? How did they get here? Why are they here? Sasha, a very famous magic and magic. Yeah, magic! It's Sasha ma- tries to answer the it's, question. It's magic. It's magic. Um, perhaps I might be of some assistance, Captain. I can probably explain the situation. I'm really terribly sorry about this. I mean, it must be an awful inconvenience. She strides I over. can probably at least help you understand it. I'm afraid I can't do anything about it. I'm really sorry. She grabs sorry. you by the scruff and goes, we are going to have a conversation course, in yes. my cabin. Wait, 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 wait. I'm coming too. I'm responsible for these guys. She reaches over and grabs you by the scruff, despite the fact that she probably couldn't pull you no. along if she wanted to, and begins trying to pull you I'll both to her cabin. With her, sure. Yeah, uh, I, I wonders... would try, but I'm not currently on my feet because she's taller than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Sasha just follows. She's still with a bucket of chicken. <laughs> uh, she carries on, pushes Zolf and Hamid into her cabin, turns, sees Sasha, there and goes, "We're fine. You can come in here if you want. I don't mind." Hand her some chicken. Thanks. Closes the door unless you step in first. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cut. Well, chicken is basically like tobacco as <coughs> a currency on this ship. <laughs> Sasha is incredibly like, relaxed. Like this being, is 
this is this is happy heaven. It's like being in really fat prison. There's uh, food. There's yeah. lots. There's places to climb. There's lots of people having arguments with people that aren't her. It's <laughs> great. So, to Bertie, mm-hmm. the two gnomes look around. Give me a perception check. Eighteen minus one is seventy. There is a shimmer to the air. And then they sort of give a nod. The crew, whilst casting them sidelong glances, get back on with their work, and the two well-dressed gnomes step towards you. Well, Sir Bertrand, it appears that we should probably have a conversation. Are you amenable to this? Yes, yes, it's about my saving the world that I just did in Paris. In fact, it is. Oh, excellent. Right, well, as you are no doubt aware, we, of course, have to provide you with uh, supplementary resources and rewards based on your performance as... A vessel for your ancestors' will. With this in mind, we have come to address the disparity between what has been provided to you and your actions to this date. Yes, indeed, I have been exceedingly resourceful on the basis of exceedingly meagre resources. Indeed, I believe Article C, subsection, blah, 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 like just pointing out where in the contract that is takes a, a good 45 seconds. Absolutely. Suggests that uh, by a certain interpretation that doing such heroic deeds on the basis of such limited resources that indeed the benefits in terms of uh, things drawn down from the contract in terms of resources will be significantly amplified. And here are my calculations as such. I am going to accelerate yeah, this yeah. conversation. <laughs> this conversation is in English. If any of you speak English, oh wait you do, you wouldn't have been able to understand it anyway. The jargon and legally is completely opaque. It takes five minutes of just backwards and forth at high speed till uh, they don't register any kind of surprise that you suddenly are incredible at this till eventually the conversation concludes with and as such, yes, we do concede certain points that you've raised in this verbally binding conversation and as such we are happy to reward you for your recent deeds on the understanding that the scale of the deeds that you do must of course continue in this vein or increase a decrease of scale at this point would be considered a temporary lapse with uh, reductions in reward they then reach into one of their pockets just a a breast pocket and pull out a full-sized bastard sword (laughs) for you it takes one of them, pulls it out to their arm's length, passes it to the other one, <laughs> who then continues pulling it out from their jacket pocket, and then hand it over to you. It is a gorgeous sword. It is yours, whilst, whilst magical, yours is kind of at the lower end of magical. This thing looks amazing. It has razor edges to it. It is gleaming almost silvery on the blade. These are all things one would expect of a sword. The- <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 really swordy, it's guys. Made of metal. It's it's extremely swordy. It's got a handle. The handle appears to be made of actual gold. Practicality aside, it appears to be made of actually actual gold. Like magic gold that means it's not like soft and crumbly and a bit rubbish. Correct. Okay. It has a, a design of a Maltese falcon worked into it naturally. The workmanship is nothing like you've on ever the seen. Pommel it's inset with it is inset with gems. And as you watch, you can see that the design of the falcon slightly shifts. It has been enchanted in such a way that the falcon appears to be alive but holding a pose rather than actually static. They then reach over and hand it to you and goes, As per the terms of the contract, please feel free to receive at this point the sword of your ancestor, Sir Everard McGuffingham. We hope that it aids you in your work. Of course, any breach of terms as previously stated, this will be confiscated and a value equal to its worth will also be deducted from any future payments. Is this understood? Yes, although given where you're probably hiding, they'll probably wipe it down first. (laughs) (laughs) They turn, look at each other, don't register any kind of joke, look back and go, yes. With that, we bid you adieu. Have a good day. They just turn, walk towards the um, stairway down into the lower decks and just walk down into the lower decks. Uh, Bertie takes the sword. Add one Sir Everard McGuffingham sword, bastard sword, to your inventory. Cracking. Bertie uh, goes, uh, hello, gorgeous. A voice appears in your head going, hello. And we'll take a break there. (laughs) 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 Siri, is that you? (laughs) Hi, everyone. Alex here with a quick message. We've been running ads during Rusty Quill Gaming for a while now, 
We always wanted this podcast to be free to listen to, so that means that we've needed to run adverts in order to provide the income we need to keep the lights on at Rusty Towers. Now, as part of this process, we need to provide some information about what kind of listeners we have so that we can get better adverts to pay us more money and allow us to make even more free content. Now that's where you come in. If you head on over to rustyquill.com or follow the direct link in the show notes, you'll find a short questionnaire to fill in. All information you provide is anonymous and you don't need to answer anything you don't want to. It's super easy and takes less than five minutes, but we would hugely appreciate it if you could take the time to fill it in. It's a great way to show us your support without spending any money and it will genuinely help us to make more content available in the future. So thanks in advance from me and everyone else at Rusty Towers. And now, let's get back to the farce. Uh, I mean, sure. And welcome back. So the voice has just spoken into your head. It came from apparently nowhere. What? This... Oh, God. It's the voice of my conscience, isn't it? Look. <laughs> You're I... a scrawny one, aren't you? What? Goodness me, it's been a while since I had to work with something like this. Am I being unfractured by my own conscience? <laughs> <laughs> You're being necked by a sword. <laughs> Let's have a look in here. There is a disorienting moment where a selection of apparently random memories briefly flick through your mind. Do you remember that time when you were riding and you uh, fell off the horse and then kicked the horse and it let you get back on? There's the time with um, you were at a banquet that you didn't want to do, so you just ate all of the food and left. Just random stuff. Mm. Finally, it finishes. So is, there, is there a common uniting theme? There is not. Okay. It's just arbitrary memories. Just that you happen in most of the memories to be right. being a selfish <laughs> There's no pattern there at all. <laughs> I, I refuse to acknowledge a pattern, even if I were capable of acknowledging that as a series of pathological behaviours. It's just that it's in all of your memories. Yeah. The coincidence is a funny thing. The catalogue of your life ceases. Oh, we have a lot of work to do, don't we? Uh, oh. right, Sell well. the sword. The one annoying sword. What? 8,000. Gold. Uh, fine. Uh, does it holds the sword up? Does anybody want this? Anyone? Everyone looks at you a bit weird. Look, I'm going to I'm going to skip past that bit. You and me are going to be working together for a while. This is Sir Everard McGuffin, isn't it? Goodness no. What a guy, though. What a guy. Yeah, um, that, that's the sort of thing Sir Everard McGuffin would say, though, isn't this? <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> you know... You know when a dog spends a lot of time with its owner and they sort of reflect one another? It's sort of like that. But magic, and I'm a sword. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Remember how Brutals started being snobbish to yeah. everyone? And an outfit for every occasion well, wasn't I, a real human? Well, Mr. Sword, you're in for a fiddlesticking treat, aren't you? Well, I feel like we should probably get acquainted. Is there anything you'd particularly like to hit right now? Yeah. Well, go ahead. We'll, uh, we'll give it a bit of a trial run, right? Excellent. Um, give it the old college try. Absolutely. Uh, right. Um, Bertie continues his search for Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, cutting to the interior of the cabin. Earhart has sat down. Looks kind of weary with the situation, presses her fingers to her nose for a moment, pulls off her goggles and her hat, places them on the side. Is she bald underneath? She's not. Oh. Look, okay. You get a free pass. You have to, it's the way the Holocans work, but I'm, I'm asking you, I need this stuff to stop. I like good time. The stuff with Sir Bertrand was hilarious, yeah, yeah, yeah. apart from the whole, you know, passenger over the side who's paying me money thing. Yeah. I can probably smooth that over. Gnomes who I have no knowledge of randomly appearing in my ship and basically commandeering it because there's nothing that I can do to stop them, kind of high up on the list of things I don't want. That's, uh, that's Bertie's responsibility, so you're going to want to talk to him. You're the person who literally 30 seconds ago told me they are my responsibility. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, you told me that when you got on this oh, vessel, no, 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 sorry. they are. Yes, um, these two are my responsibility. I've just fired Bertie. You fired Bertie? Yes. You can't... Well, I suppose you can, but... I'm, I shouldn't ask why, because I guess it's obvious, but still! <laughs> <laughs> this is a conversation for another time. I uh, agree. Two, yes, the, let's... 
Yeah, sorry. Oh. Those two gnomes are his lawyers because his family farted all their money up the wall because they're idiots. I mean, they're there to try and make sure that he doesn't act like an idiot, but he continuously acts like an idiot. They're probably here to ask him why he's acting like an idiot. They're no danger to you, they'll probably leave straight away. Look, I basically have to draw a line on this. Fine. Okay? If anything more happens, like you get a free pass, Zolf, but the, the rest of your people don't. And... Do what you want to Bertie, I don't care. Okay. You know what, that's that's fair enough. Do you require any warning, or can I just go ahead and do it? Just do what you um, want. Wait, 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 wait. I, I would like some warning before you throw me over the side. No, that's fair, that's fair no, enough. No, 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 I mean, Bertie, yeah. these two still under me. No, they're, they're fine. We're, we're nearly in Prague, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, The problem yeah. will go away when we're there. Cause, we're all cause, leaving, cause and we it won't go be away. Any, more, any more trouble. I mean, I think we can just go to Prague, right? Us three are going to Prague, yeah. Well, Bertie's going too. If he wants to get there independently and if he survives whatever Captain Earhart has for him, yeah, sure, why not? He's dead to me. Uh, uh, what? what? Yeah. He might literally be dead. She's looking at all of this and it's very, very clear that this is not a level of, like, inter-party politics that she normally has to engage with. Look, you are all getting off in Prague. I am not responsible if one more thing happens involving him or I'm afraid the rest of you. You, you have spent my goodwill Zolf, obviously you get a free pass. I'm kind of done. Feel free to stay, eat, but I'm kind of done. She just goes, sits behind her desk, and then breaks out some charts and begins some work on there quietly. As soon as she turns away, I'm going to leave, I mean politely, mm -hmm. I'm going to rush off and try and find Bertie. Okay, cool. Outside onto the deck, Hamid, you rush out, and you see Bertie prowling around the deck with what appears to be a brand new extremely shiny sword what are Sasha and Zolf doing? But Zolf, I'm not saying that firing him is a bad move I'm just saying that you might want to have like a break, have maybe a nap or something, it seems quite stressful right now The only now. break I want to have is from Bertie you, Yeah, exactly so maybe just go to your cabin, chill for a Most bit. Most of you give me a perception check 25. Whoa! <laughs> there is someone else in this room. You can hear them. They appear to be quietly behind the captain's desk, but you can hear that there's someone there. Someone is trying not to be heard. Campbell? Ca Campbell? The Campbell's in this room. No. Wait. <laughs> Look, mate, I think this probably is actually the best place for you. The captain looks up, looks at Sasha, and just just gives a weary, weary glance at Sasha. I will leave the room. Please, just no more. Just let this play out, okay? Just you're great. I can. I mean, I just, just I know he's here. Yeah, I, I get it. Just please, just. Yep. Yeah, I. All right. Yeah. Good. Good on. Good. Good meeting. Good chat. Good <laughs> chat. <laughs> nice. Nice, it's been fun. Sasha, please leave. I'm I'm going now. <laughs> Great ship. <Sasha. laughs> Pinching the bridge of her nose, please, Sasha. Just, just walking backwards out. Just get out of the room. Please. I think you've handled this all great. All right. So Watch cheers. out for the clunk. Oh, please, Sasha, just get out. Bye. Yep. Okay. Closes the door. Just great. <laughs> I really admire how you're dealing with this. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Bertie, Bertie. What have you been doing? What is going on? Well, I've got uh, my ancestral sword back. Look at this. Oh, is that relevant right now? I, I am impressed. Let's talk about it later. What have you been doing? The captain has just said if there's any more trouble, she's going to throw you overboard for real this time. Uh, well, um, Harrison Campbell. Hmm? Oh, the author guy. If you can call him that. I know, right? Isn't he dreadful? Trash! Just appalling. I mean, give me a perception check. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's an 18. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've, you've come out to this. I'm going to look Hammond in the eyes. They're nice. <laughs> what? And I'm going to walk past them. I'd love, I'd love it if the party splits on, on a discussion of <laughs> criticism. That would be... 
from like not even the B story, from like okay. the F story. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, that's also not relevant right now. You need to go to the cabin and stay there till we land in the morning. Like, you seriously cannot afford to get anyone else annoyed at you. So said he fired you. Uh, but we have a duty, Hamid, a duty to literature, to art itself. Mm. No, we really don't. Yes, we do. I Hamid. think the most important consideration art right now is you. The form. What are we the if we are not creative beings <laughs> guided towards the light of further creation? Man, would he laughing may die, but their work will live beyond them. I simply want I to can't help. sleep. Harrison Campbell. Go for it. Okay, so it's a will save we'll from 30, save right? 30. Oh, great. <laughs> he falls asleep. I simply <laughs> want to help Harrison Campbell become the best author he can fuck. <laughs> Face down on the deck. There's a moment, all of the crew look around. There's a quiet... <laughs> I, I grab Bertie by one leg, look around, shake my head at myself, and slowly <laughs> drag him <laughs> off the deck. Okay. No one's going to help me. <laughs> okay, that's true. That's very true. So you're taking him down into his room, I presume, yes? Yeah, I, so it take me about four minutes, yeah. which is how long the spell will last, sure. to bundle him back into his room. I'm going to try and take his sword and put it in my bag of holding. Okay, Zolf, you're below decks. So you don't know any of this is happening. Sasha? Uh, follows, helps, and ties Bertie up while he's asleep. Ha- yeah, so, I mean, we'll probably go along with that. <laughs> I may, may, yeah. When you pick up the sword, there's a... Hello... Ooh. Hi. There's a weird disorienting moment where a bunch of random memories flit across. Now this, why can't I get this? <laughs> this I could do. Stuff oh my with god, this. you're a sentient magical item. How much are you worth? I don't even want to think about it. I shove him in the bag of holes. <laughs> <laughs> no wait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sasha, fortunately, was really busy doing her favourite knot to tie up Bertie, so didn't give her how much was that worth. <laughs> Unless anyone has an issue with this, I'm going to go ahead and skip till tomorrow morning. So when Bertie wakes up, I will explain to him that we're doing this for his own good because I don't want him to die. So, once you've done that, uh, what is happening with you, Bertie? You are able to wake up, whether you do, within the next few minutes. Let's say for reasons of plot, he sleeps all night. That is fine. It's been a busy day. It has been a busy day. Everyone okay for me to skip ahead till the morning? Yeah. Yes. It is a new, fresh day. Hooray! What a bright new day. What a bright new day. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's me referencing one of James's stand-up routines <laughs> too, which really makes sense if you've seen his excellent one of his excellent shows. Oh, uh, the the DVD is nearly done, so you should get a copy. Is Sasha's hammock soaked in blood? Yes, Woo-hey! it is. I am presuming that you might want to burn a spell to just keep her as she was. Uh, yeah, sure, I'll get rid of... Uh, Seems like that's a morning routine. I'll get rid of... One less spell a day for Zolf from I'll get, I'll get rid of Comprehend Languages. Ah, you're never going to use it. Exactly. <laughs> the entirely novice crew knows about their time. day. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had Comprehend Languages yesterday. I've <laughs> right. different ones each time. Okay. I thought this would be useful. Is Bertie untied or left tied? Left tied. That's one vote for left tied. Uh, yeah, but I've slept in the same room because there's, there's two bunks. It is clear that you are approaching Prague. You can all see from portholes from on the deck, wherever you choose to be, you are approaching the city of Prague. You wake up, have a look. Prague is weird. It takes a moment to process what you're seeing. Prague, the city, spans out beneath you, mostly quite low squat buildings it's not got much to it there's no there doesn't seem to be much elaborateness with the with the decor or anything like that it looks functional efficient but that's about it then your eyes look up to above where you are there's an entire apparently city floating above where the ship is currently i hamid has been to prague before correct to you this is what you expected this is absolutely as it should be as you are well aware, Hamid, the city below is for the, the functioning parts of the city that require normality. Of course, the study of magic and all that that entails is of course kept separate from these people, lest that they are harmed. So what you're saying is they didn't even bother with the ivory tower, they just... No, okay. 
Ivory's really, really like gauche. <laughs> just, just build a university and associated city in the sky, flying. Yeah, it's really a blue sky thinking. Yeah. Hey. See, he knows. He knows. Well, the concept of one city above another is complete. Again, Sasha just like, gosh, yeah, that's what I expect. From <laughs> the city that what? is floating. Theirs isn't underground. That's kind of nice. Yeah. Actually, the three major cities you've seen, two have had one city on another city. And, <laughs> and the other one had tunnels underneath. Yeah. Oh, full of monsters. So <laughs> this city is gorgeous. It is the one that's floating, absolutely stunning. For a start, the architecture's completely impossible. Absolutely impossible. It has the weirdest curves and things to it. Hamid, from previous experience, you know that certain rooms are bigger on the inside. Certain buildings will relocate based on the convenience yeah, of the people of in there. Yeah, of pocket dimensions. Like, why, I mean, would, why wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, they have no issues to do with food. It could be entirely self-sustaining, but as a gesture of goodwill and for the economy, they try to make sure that they use as many natural foods from below as possible. Like, that drainage is the problem. Nope. No, pocket yeah. dimensions. Oh, no, that was a joke. Sasha, from your knowledge local from speaking with the gnomes earlier, a lot of this is also stuff that you were already aware and were waiting to hear. You also know that there's loads of goodwill between the two. The people who are basically on the ground, it's it's okay. Like, magic has a lot of problems associated with it because this isn't the magic of Paris or England, which is very industrialised and so on. This is high academic research and so on. Things sometimes explode. Yeah. Everyone was actually eventually quite glad to just kind of be shot at the whole thing. There's loads of communication between the two, and everyone who's living on the ground, kind of, the the attitude is, God, I wouldn't want to be around that many wizards anyway, they're insufferable. Can the people below get enough light? Yes. Huh? There is a peculiar element to this, um, the optics of what's going on, where you look down expecting to see a great big shadow spread out. There isn't one. Why didn't they just build two separate cities? Wizards. Yeah. yeah. I think in character. I mean, they wanted to show off. <laughs> when you've got sense. that much magic power, when you get quite, right, yeah, you know, sure, fine, mighty Zolf, about it. Of course, having spent your time mostly on the coasts, this is kind of kind of new territory to you. It is extremely impressive, and what's more, it's not like hunks of rock are floating and they have built on them. The buildings are squared off where their foundation should be, and the foundations themselves are turned into enormous works of art and moving frescoes and all kinds of nonsense. Bertie, obviously you have uh, woken up and can see this tidy bed outside the porthole. The ship starts coming in, and as you get closer you see that there's huge amounts of things just flying around the city. Some have wings. You occasionally see people literally just teleporting and popping into existence in doorways and then walking through them, all kinds of things. And there's movement of people between the ground and the actual floating city. This ship starts descending towards the city on the ground rather than the, the floating university town, let's call it. It starts descending and approaching, yeah, whilst it could have given the impression that maybe the people down here were living poorly, as you approach, it's just... The buildings are just kind of straightforward. What is clear is there's no governmental state buildings there's nothing in the way of big elaborate things it's very more down to earth again from Hamid and Sasha's perspective from speaking to people there was a cultural shift where the people who were not engaging in all the magic ridiculousness up there kind of had a, a reverse attitude which was the the in thing at the moment is being plain and being efficient being straightforward being clear-cut <laughs> there are very kind of straightforward people who look down on all of the garrulousness and garishness that associates with all of the um, so floating like a, city. A, a modernist clear lines, Le Corbusier, absolutely. Plain, plain function, function, function. Absolutely, plain. absolutely. Yeah. But also... The... Upstairs is Art Deco, downstairs is Brutalist. Yes. Yeah. And what's more, the people on the ground level are living really well. They're actually living better than the majority of cities in sort of this region of the world. It's it's bringing them loads of business. Every, everything's yeah. well balanced. We get the idea. It's nice. <laughs> As you come into land, you basically draw up to a what looks to be another aeroport, but there are no other vessels there and everything is empty currently. While the this is happening in between waking up and landing, Bertie uh -huh. attempts to escape from the ropes. That's fine. Bertie, 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 I, I, I've got your sword. I, I'm keeping it safe. I'll, I'm going to give it back to you as soon as we're safely off this ship. You, I, like, the captain has a very powerful magic wand or something, and I'm pretty sure she could 
probably kill you anytime she wanted, even without the threat of throwing you overboard. Let's let's just get off the ship safely. That's and fine, then... Hannah. You will be pleased to hear that I absolutely and entirely agree with you. Indeed, I think we should be the very first people off the ship. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> The ship comes. I'll untie you then. Thank you, Habit. The ship comes into dock. A few of the crew obviously leap overboard and start having conversations with some officials who are already there. It pulls into a hangar, almost identical to the one that you left in Paris. Mm -hmm. It's it's basically a carbon copy. They pull up to a gantry. The um, the board is placed across, and then the crew start going about their way. And the captain is up on deck, and I will assume that you untie Bertie at this point so that he. I I untie Bertie. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, the crew are going about their business. The captain is is at the helm, talking with a bunch of officials, and you are now in Prague. Uh, Bertie, wait, like hustle, hustle, hustle! Come on, come on, Heaven, we must get ready. <clears throat> and he is first, first down the gangplank or the sure. stairwell, whatever it is, uh-huh. waiting other people to get off, other passengers to disembark. <clears throat> the uh, dowdy woman gets off takes a moment to go talk to the captain. It's clear that she's complaining to the captain. The captain gives a withering look and then just stands there stone-faced until the woman leaves. The rest of the crew continue going. There are no other passengers. It was just those two. I'll leave with Sasha. Mm -hmm. As as going past the dowdy woman, uh, after that, sort of going up to the captain, like... Uh, cheers for the the ride. It was, it was it was a genuine pleasure, apart from all the trouble that uh, we caused. So I, I, um, good, hang good on. Hang on thanks for thanks you for that. You specifically are welcome back, Sasha. Yeah, not, not for free, but Passages. you're welcome. So, I give an apologetic wave to the captain and just sure. more passengers slink off embarrassingly. Definitely more passengers <laughs> on, on board. Uh, sorry about all that. Bertie's an idiot. And I walk off. It must be around here somewhere. Hang on. She takes a moment and um, gestures for Zolf to come back. A piece of advice. Uh, in this city, keep an eye out for the rings. And this is this is Spade's territory, okay? That doesn't mean anything to me. So just as a heads up, like everyone here are from the Spades. Right, fine. Bye. She just gestures for you to go and gives a kind of shake of her head. Hang on, hang on. Wait. Everyone's finished disembarking. They're beginning to open the side of the hole and no, start no, no, shipping one, one out crates. Uh, uh, so, uh, shipping out crates, you see. Uh, mm, it's, uh, well, it's important, of course, to make sure that there is no contraband here. Everything, of course, must be inspected. All of the crates. The captain gives a very warm uh, glance to I Bertie, think... leans over and goes, No. Like, there is a clear message in this. You will be doing a perception check to discern it. The clear message is... No, checking these crates, irrespective of your things, is a really bad idea. Let's assume everything's legitimate whilst the custom officials are here. Uh, Where do you get reception any check of this whatsoever? Oh, natural 20. Turns out you know when people are trying to evade tax. Yeah. Bertie <laughs> <laughs> picks that up entirely and as a result goes on to say, of course, no, I completely understand my captain. Your, of course, your cargo is invited, and absolutely your responsibility now. It would be, of course, the greatest shame if my search for my literary hero, mm, Mr. Harrison Campbell, were to in any way interfere with your unloading. Mm. It would be a great shame if any noise or commotion were to perhaps arouse the attention of authorities and perhaps an undue level of scrutiny. I myself am a man of cast sleep, Hamid. Of discretion, and I completely understand. He does realise we're standing right here. The captain goes, fair enough. Goes, talks to the custom officials. They look shocked. Rush off. The captain then goes, I'd say you have. He no, hang on a minute. He 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 just wants to try and either kill or intimidate him. Yeah, I know. You've got about five minutes before they come back and arrest you, Birdie, for being a uh, illegal immigrant. What? I, I, I think you'll find I'm an expatriate. 459, 458. Well, I never. 57. This is the worst kind of discrimination, the kind that affects 450, me. 456. Uh, Bertie, how about we head over there? Duh, fine. Um, right, so I guess the rangers are going to go and find themselves somewhere to sleep. So, Sasha, Hamid, you coming? Um, let's just get Bertie out of the way of the customers' officials, because he can lead them to us, right? Uh, let... 
Well, yes, no, no, we, no, we can't. No, we can't, because we're going to leave. I'm, I'm, and he's an idiot. So I'm going to I'm going to come 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 with you. But I really would like to have a chat about this whole thing. I mean, we should go and stay at the university. They've got lovely rooms. Brilliant. And, and, and get him out of my sight. What Move him sight? somewhere else. Coincidence, Herod. I am also headed to the university on a matter of great questing significance. Hmm? I'm a done. I'm which... done. Find find me if you want to. I'm leaving. I would okay. greatly request, admire, and respect the talents of a man such as yourself. A group of men in uniforms and carrying what look to be non-lethal, admittedly, cudgels and so on, are appearing at the hangar entrance and seem to be having a hus discussion and looking over to the ship. Sasha melts into the crowd. <laughs> But Bertie, I, I need to talk to Zolf. I mean, we'll be at the university, you'll be at the university, but perhaps we can just get there separately while while Zolf deals with what's going on. And and I think we'll need to have a chat about it all as well. Equivalent of a megaphone. Attention. Quickly, let me give you this on the back. vessel. I, that doesn't apply to us. We're no longer on the vessel. I pull Hamid, the, how long have we known each other? I pull the sword out of the bag of holding, holding it very gingerly, trying not to make a psychic connection to it. I... Hold it towards Bertie. It's fine. I've got a plan. <laughs> um, that you I, don't I, hear that, obviously. I, yeah. I sh- sh- shudder and twitch. Okay. Bertie, uh, Bertie takes the sword. Okay. I scamper off after Zolf. Okay. Oh, Hamid, Hamid! We will be boarding this vessel. Please, everybody, stand with your papers ready. Um, how visible are the guards from where? Extremely, extremely visible, and they've definitely clocked him. They are currently running over to you. There are multiple exits from here that they haven't covered. They're just mm-hmm. coming over now. But he sees the approaching customs officials, remembers what happened last time he tried to negotiate his way through customs officials. <laughs> 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 in France. I saw that coming. Any grasp of the language whatsoever, <laughs> and just quietly as he can, clanks away. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we will close the episode there. Nothing like starting in a new city with the party split as many ways as it's physically possible. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Everyone's not talking to each other. Welcome to Prague. Lesson learned. Don't give you nice things. You'll just ruin (laughs) them. This is why you can't have nice things. I'm trying, Alex. I'm trying. I'm trying to hold it together with spit and hope. Yeah, why do you spat on my hope? (laughs) (laughs) Makes it stickier. Well, <laughs> what are you eating? Nonetheless, <laughs> tune in uh, next time when I have to yeah. corral this yeah. back into some semblance of a narrative. More people squealing at each other about their emotions. Yeah. <laughs> With occasional swords. We'll, we'll work on that tagline. See you next time, guys. Bye! Bye. Rusty Quill Gaming is a podcast distributed by RustyQuill.com and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial International License. Today's episode was recorded and produced by Alexander J. Newell. To comment on episodes, make donations, and view links, images, videos, and show notes, visit RustyQuill.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter at TheRustyQuill. Or email us at mail at RustyQuill.com. Thanks for listening. Playing Sir Burton McGuffingham, Hallad Sir Ahurum Altaham. No, that went wrong. Hamid Sir Ahurum Altaham. You want to do again? Look, I just really like me. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a crime? I'm just such a protagonist. <laughs> Hello, all. It's Helen here, the voice of Azu from Rusty Quill Gaming, and the host and director of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about. The Programme. The Programme audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not the future that is terrifying, but our present. The Programme is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart.
Find out more about the programme at www.rustyquill.com or www.programaudioseries.com or search for the Programme Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and enjoy the episode.